Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. You know, one of the things I love so much about the Kingdom of God is that you don't have to pretend. You know, there isn't anything where Jesus said, come follow me, but would you mind just making it look like this? It's like any great relationship. What kind of a relationship is it if you're wearing a false face? And so when it comes to the things of God, we can talk about stuff that maybe is a challenge and it doesn't diminish anything about the power of the gospel. For instance, Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 is a verse that says this, speaking about the enemy, the devil. And it says, and he will speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they'll be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. It's speaking about the last days and speaking about the efforts of the enemy and notice what it says, to wear down the saints. You know, the enemy can't take you out of God's hand. Jesus said that. He said, the enemy's not able to pluck them out. You are safe and you are secure. Your salvation is solid and it's certain. But however, whilst the enemy can't pluck you out of God's hand, he will do everything that he can to wear you down. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not be weary while we are doing good. For in due season we will reap, watch this, if we don't lose heart. You know, right around the world right now, people's resilience is decreasing. And I don't say that to make some declaration to hurt someone. I just say it as an observation from what I read and from conversations that I have. I was talking with one of our staff this week who made this great statement, talked about uh, many people in their particular area of ministry having what I think they called a diminished social capacity. In other words, people feeling just a little bit over it. But I know that that's not necessarily anything to do with a pandemic. That can be just because of life. Maybe you've got family issues and things start to just get on top of you. I spoke to someone this morning at the church picnic and they said to me, you know, this morning's word was for me. You know, they said, I have felt like I didn't want to come. I felt like it was all too much. They said, a Christian person, they said, I felt almost depressed, worn down. And what you spoke this morning about when you don't know what's going on, just keep going forward. And then they started to cry and said, you know, that was a word from God for me. So I know that it's not a mark of weakness. It's not a sign of somehow rather spiritual failure in your life. It's just that for all of us, there is an enemy that wants to wear you down. When people get worn down, this is what happens. I'm not going to take too long on it, but I want you to think about this. And maybe if the signs of this are there for you, then you can make the adjustments that you need to make. But when people get worn down in their soul, frustration usually takes over. It becomes how long? You know, it becomes how come? 
what's going to happen. And frustration often results in poor decisions. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 9, I won't put it up for you. I'm not going to take the time to read it, but you can look it up yourself. 1 Samuel 13, verse 9, Saul, King Saul, out of frustration, as he sees everything continuing to go south, as we'd say on him. He starts to lose people and support. And in the time of that, he steps out of the boundaries of what God had given him, steps into the priest's role, and that rash decision made out of frustration cost him his leadership. Never make your decisions when you are worn down. Don't allow frustration to become the driver of your soul. Don't allow feelings of, I just can't bear it any longer to push you. I've seen people make all kinds of crazy decisions, leaving home, leaving family, quitting jobs, going places. I've met people that have turned up to Perth going, I just couldn't take it anymore over there, wherever there was. And they said, I've come here for a fresh start. They've told me this. Only to discover that when they moved to Perth, their problem was not that it wasn't a different place, but the same them made the journey with them. Frustration, leaving frustration is never the answer. Are you frustrated at home? The answer is not to get rid of them and look for someone else though. That that's fairly common, quite frankly. Frustration often results in poor decisions. Secondly, frustration can result in rash statements that we later will regret. In 1 Samuel 14, verse 24, Saul, worn down again by battle, declares a death sentence on anyone who eats before they win the victory. His son, Jonathan, is not there to hear the statement. And so his son, getting worn down by the battle, sees honey available. I could take you to plenty of places where I walk in the, in the bush, the forest, the woods, as we call it, where there is honey available and you can scoop it up. And this guy scoops it up and his tiredness disappears and energy comes back into him and he wins the victory. Well, it comes to the ears of King Saul but he's such a proud man that he won't back down from the dumb statement he made when he was frustrated. And he is about, watch this, he is about to enforce that stupid statement. Can I tell you how many times I've watched parents, because of pressure at work, make a stupid statement, if you do that one more time, I'm going to do this. And they make a dumb statement and say something silly in a time of frustration that if they don't do it, they lose respect. But if they do it, they lose even more. I've been with grandparents who get a fit of frustration because of terrible things going on in the family. I was with a granddad once who got up and grabbed his granddaughter's phone, took it over to a, a bench and smashed it with the back of an axe out of frustration. And you kind of go, do you know what happened as a result? That girl, that granddaughter never wanted to be with granddad ever again. Why? Because he allowed frustration. Now, uh, this is not a negative message. I want to help you tonight. But I've got to point out 
that sometimes when we just don't deal with our frustrations, well, we can end up with poor decisions, statements we later regret, and thirdly, we can poison good relationships. Saul later turns on his own son and the young man, David, who saved the entire nation over his frustration at his own mistakes. I think about this because every one of us will fail. Every one of us will carry some memory of things in our past that we wish we hadn't done. But you know, if you don't bring that sense of guilt and shame to the foot of the cross and ask Jesus not just to forgive you, but to take away that shame, then that can sit there for a long while and frustration eventually starts working its way out in other relationships in your life. All of us are vulnerable to that. Let me read to you Psalm 73, verse 17. Let me read it to you in the message version. And uh, it starts off saying an Asaph psalm. No doubt about it, God is good, good to good people, good to the good-hearted. But I nearly missed it, missed seeing His goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people. At the top, envying the wicked who've got it made. Got nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole world. This guy's in a time of pressure and frustration, looking at people who don't honour God, looking at people who aren't serving God and going, how come their life seems to be going so well? And he says, you know, I nearly missed the goodness of God. Verse 17 says this, Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. There is something about the presence of God. There is something about what we've just been doing together as a bunch of people. There is something about that that alters our perspective. Don't ask me to explain how God does it. I really don't know. But so often in my life, I've come in feeling overcome. But in the time of worship, Energy, not just energy physically, but spiritual confidence came into my life. And again, I, I went out going, I, I, God can do this. Or I've come in aware of weakness or failure in my own life. And then in the time of worship, got refreshed and reinvigorated, re-energised in my life. When I come into the presence of God, I bring the little bit of faith that I have, and somehow or other, God takes the little and does something extraordinary with it. Again, don't ask me to explain how. One of the reasons why we have nights like this is not because we just think we want to have more worship, not because we want to give an outlet for the creative team, as great as they are, but we do it because we recognise that every believer needs to pause. We all got to stop sometimes our giving out and make sure that we spend time receiving. This Friday night coming, the youth, that's the 12th of March, if my memory's right on that. On the 12th of March at 6.30, our youth are having a worship night. Why? Because we don't want to just be all about doing this and getting that done. We want to make sure we take the time to say, God, we're bringing ourselves before you. We are saying to you, like the song says, we just want more of you. And we recognise 
our frailty and our inability. That's not negative. That's not some kind of defeatist mentality. It's the exact opposite. It's recognising the great power of God that is able to come to us through his divine presence. That lady who I spoke to at the church picnic, she's, she's saying, I felt so depressed. I felt like I was, she actually said to me, I felt like I was losing my mind. And yet one few moments in the presence of God altered her perspective. Then I saw the big picture. She bought the little bit she had. I said to her, you know, sometimes faith is not a switch that you can just turn on. Sometimes you can't just go, I'm a conqueror, I'm victorious, woo Sometimes we come to God saying, God, I don't have a whole lot. I've only got a little bit, but I'll bring you the little bit. Let me read you this verse out of Luke 17 and verse 6, again out of the message. But the Master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. Isn't that a great statement? There's no more or less. Faith is not, I've got to get the bucket full. It's not about how much. It's about what I do with the faith I have. If you have, Jesus said, a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed, you could say you do something with it to this sycamore tree, go jump in the lake and it would do it. Jesus is teaching his disciples it's not about how much you have, it's what you do with the bit you've got. For every one of you that's in the building tonight, this will be available for you as you leave. I had these made up during the week. It's Luke 17, verse 6. And it's printed out for you there on a card. And then sticky taped up in the top corner is a mustard seed. Can you see it? Probably not. The reason you probably can't is because it's very small. And the Message Bible says a poppy seed, because I guess that's more common. The original language talks about a mustard seed. And I wanted you to take this home to remind yourself that it's not about how much you have. It's about what you do with it. If you're online, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to send you seeds. The Australian government frowns quite a deal on people sending seeds through the mail. So in the email update I sent out this week, if you read it, you'll notice that I printed out that verse at the beginning of it on purpose in a format so that if you print that out, you can then cut it out of that page and then you can stick the seed of your choice on it, put it wherever you like, put it on the refrigerator. I don't know, put it in your office somewhere or other, prop it up beside something, put it in your car, anywhere you'll see it and remind yourself in the week to come, it's not about how much I have. It's about what I do with it. Amen? Come on, will you bring the little you have? In a minute, the team are going to come and we're going to worship again. And I, I so love nights like this. I've I got to be honest, sometimes I feel like I get more out of it than anyone does. I maybe you feel the same way though. I feel like there is something of a heavenly transaction that takes place when we come into the place of worship. Maybe you're not a great singer. I meet many people who aren't. Let me encourage you. Jesus is not listening to your tone. 
He's listening to your heart. It's not about how good you can sing. It's a, Worship is not, do I have a great voice? You know, I said to my sister this afternoon, she sang, it was her birthday yesterday, and they FaceTimed us in, and, and maybe she's even a part of the service online, I don't know, but she was apologising for her voice, and I said, I wish I could sing that well. There's been way too much scratchy preaching going on in my life. But I thank God that the Holy Spirit isn't measuring whether I would fill an auditorium and people would pay to come and hear. He's watching to hear, is there faith in their heart? Are they looking to me? Are they bringing the little bit they've got? Might seem like a little, but apparently it's enough for every single one of us. There's no more. There's no less. On a night like this, we gather together and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. You know, I believe that there are people and you're a part of the service. And I know there are people online. Hi to the uh, buongiorno to all the people in Italy, by the way, as well. You know, I get staggered at the figures. They send them to me every week. And the, if I told you how many, you probably would you'd struggle to believe it. It's really quite incredible. How many people that somehow or other get onto this service and they're a part of it. And so I may not ever meet you this side of heaven. I pray I will meet you there. But I know that there are people in the heart of God is reaching to you because you're in a difficult place. Some of you are in dark places. You really feel like this is your last chance. And yet I know that if you will say yes to Jesus, I was talking to Hayden at, uh, at Mingle time online there. We were chatting about, it's not about all the rules and it's not about all the things you've got to do. It all just simply starts with a yes to Jesus. We don't say that because we're trying to lower the bar. We don't say that because we're trying to make it easy, a soft start. We're saying that because apparently that's what Jesus did. Come follow me and I'll make you. And they left their nets and they went and they followed him. It was as simple as that. You can say yes to Christ. It'll begin there for you. That won't be the end of it anymore than the yes that the disciples gave was the end of their journey. Matter of fact, it was the beginning of years of journey, lifetimes of journey. Exactly the same way. You've got to start a journey somewhere. And you can start your journey by saying yes to Christ. As easy as that. Just say yes. If you want to send us your yes, do it by texting YES to 488 If you want it via email, it's at yes.metrochurch.org.au. Our church will send to you the next day after you do it. Our team from here will send to you a scripture, a different one every day, and a different prayer every day for 30 days fits on one screen of your smartphone. It'll help you. It'll encourage you. After that, there's a lot more stuff you can opt in for if you want. But our joy is not to persuade you, but to help you on your journey. Send your yes to 488 You can do it anytime. Tonight, you can do it any time in the coming week. You can do it anywhere around the world at yes.metrochurch.org.au. Be our joy to be a part of blessing you in Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? 
Father, thank you for everyone that is a part of this service. Some of them, Lord, are not quite sure how they even found us. Just like people have said to me, I was walking past the building on my way home from the gym. And I don't know, I just wanted to come in. Others have said, you know, the bus just stopped out the front. and I thought, why not? And they came in. And lives have been transformed by the simplest of decisions. So Lord, I pray for every person that's a part of this service. I pray for those that need to say yes to you, to trust you, to find the way forward. Lord, I thank you that you'll help them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're so thrilled if you send us your yes. Our team's not only going to send you that stuff. There'll be people praying for you, by the way. Go, how will they pray for me? They don't even know who I am. Oh, well, God does. And they'll be praying for every single one of you. Thank you for that. Tonight, we want to share communion together. I think it's so fitting when you talk about the presence of God. To recognise that Jesus gave us something tangible and said, I want you to do this and remember this will become your memory marker of what I did for you. So I'd love it if the host team would come and serve everyone that's in the building. Here in this church, it's our custom to uh, take the bread and the cup and then when everyone's been served, uh, Michael will lead us and we'll stand and we'll eat and drink together as the family of God that we are. If you're online, just go and get those elements now, whatever you've got there. Get the cracker, the bit of bread, whatever drink you have there and get ready to do that. Here comes Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. First Corinthians 11 says, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, this is not just a ritual that we do. We get to remember what Jesus did for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. He has given you eternal life. See, that means not just when you get to heaven, but that means right now. And eternal life looks like this. It looks like freedom from everything that you're going through. It looks like prosperity. It looks like wisdom. It looks like clean from all sin. Church, why don't we stand? It is such an honour for us to reflect and, and look back to the cross. For the God that died on the cross just for us. So as we eat and drink, remember the love of Jesus. Remember what he did for us so that we could live. His body that was broken so that we could be made whole. His blood that was shed so that we could be clean. Father, I pray right now for each and every heart. I pray that as we receive this beautiful gift that you have given us, that we remember that we are set free, that we are made righteous, and that we are clean.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's eat and drink, church. Why don't you stand with us as the team leads us? stand right in front of your face we'll see the throne every trial we ever went through on earth every challenge every price we ever paid we'll look back and say Lord thank you for the joy of following you
I pray, Lord, for families this week. Pray for single adults and married couples and children and parents and grandkids and grandparents. Pray for people in Perth and around West Australia, around Australia, overseas. Let this be a week, Lord, where the sound of this worship just keeps rolling around our heart and strengthening and refreshing us. Keep reminding us, Lord, it's what we do with the little we have that makes the difference. We give you alone all the praise and all of the glory in Jesus' name. Because of you, our heart is clean. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer tonight before you go, and I believe Chris Britton is going to be praying with people. Thank you for that. Pastor Bruce and Solomon are waiting on the line to pray with you. Now, I don't normally announce this but or stuff like this, but a couple of weeks ago, we had dinner at church. There were so many young adults in the place. It was brilliant. I asked Pastor Hayden Glass to speak next Sunday night because I said, I want to make sure that a couple of weeks after, we can really engage again with those. If you know young adults, why don't you invite them? I have no idea what he's going to preach on, but I believe, and I'm not just saying this, I would not say it. I feel like Hayden, you're going to bring a word from God to young people that are in, well, for all people really, in this time and space where so many people have got questions. And I believe you're going to bring that. So I don't normally announce who's going to speak, but I really felt to do that. I want to encourage you to find somebody, let them be a part of the service next Sunday night. That'd be absolutely awesome. All right. Thank you so much, team. Thank you for leading us, every single one of you. Great job. Hey, hope you have an amazing week. We'll see you somewhere soon. Over to you, Pastor Bruce. God bless.